Good morning. Thank you all for being here. I thought because it's the last day I was going to have all of two people and it was going to be nice and intimate. So um, thanks a lot for coming in. So I am Goli Matomela and right here I come from the German Development Corporation, GIZ, and UN Women. And I'm quite excited to tell you about our project, Step It Up for Gender Equality in South African Media. Now before I get into it, you know, when presenting these things, I'm going to have a PowerPoint, I'm going to tell you all the points. But actually this is about people. You know, it boils down to the conversation, it boils down to the people. So what I want to start out with is that in this project, I've been consulting and talking with my colleague Max, who's over there, to a bunch of industry players. And I want to read a few of their narratives so that we get a landscape of what it is we're talking about today. This one is from a scriptwriter. When you ask men to suggest another writer or creative on the project, they will invariably ask another male 99% of the time. If the man is white, most of the times, they will then suggest another white male. It has been my experience that most male writers don't know any black writers and don't have experience working with them, particularly not women. This then solidifies the boys club as the white males reference, hire, and work mostly with other white males. This is from a radio broadcaster. Next. I experienced abuse from male audiences. Male audience members automatically question your authority as a female host. They tend to complain about us women more. It means during audience feedback sessions, the females in the room deal with harsher criticism. The managers and the audience utter sentiments they would never utter to a man. This compromises the quality of your work and makes men safer choices as decision makers. They usually make those decisions at a table filled with other men only. Sounding familiar? This, oh, and all the men cringe. You might be cringing a lot during this. Unfortunately, you're dealing with a radical feminist here, so good luck. <laughs> so here we are, right? We have this project called Step It Up for Gender Equality in South African Media. Now, here's the context we're dealing with in South Africa. We know these statistics and they're appalling. You know, our femicide rates are five times that of the global average. 77% of femicide is through the roof. You're looking at about 100 rapes every single day. Let that sink in. It means right now, as we're talking, somewhere from rural Eastern Cape to the northern suburbs, there's a woman getting raped, there's a woman getting killed, right? We're in a crisis. Another thing that people tend to forget because we like looking at rape and femicide because, you know, it's the big scandal is that actually the biggest one is everyday domestic violence. And these are the harsher side, but think about it in your life. There's a woman being catcalled right now. There's a woman in a boardroom who is being undermined because of what is in between her legs. It is safe to say that the underlying causes of this are patriarchy, sexism, unequal gender dynamics, and a daily gross human rights violation against women and children. In this context then, what role can media play? 
it's widely accepted that we are pretty influential people, right? What we consume, what we see, shapes how we think about ourselves and the world around us. And more importantly, I found in media, people really miss the fact that media can play a preventative role. So we tend to be quite reactive. Babes Waduma gets beaten up, then we talk about it. Garabo gets killed, then we talk about it. If this is happening every day, it means that media could play a role in preventing it every single day if we talked about it a little bit more. Now, is the media playing this role effectively? And what kind of interventions are needed in order for the media to use their power to address these harmful gender stereotypes and GBV at large? I am now introducing Step It Up for Gender Equality in South African Media, because what we're looking at is exactly in the backdrop of those questions. This is a joint initiative of the German Development Corporation, GIZ, as well as United Nations um, Women. Now, just to give you a rough you know, background about the two organizations. The German Development Corporation works in South Africa and many other countries that I'm not gonna have time to list. Um, and they, this particular project falls under the umbrella program, which is the Partnerships for the Prevention of Violence Against Women and Children. Um, the United Nations as well, obviously UN Women, this is directly within our mandate, but more importantly, this is within our mandate where globally there's the Step It Up campaign where we're trying to get media, private media players on board to say, you know what, we can't just be objective. This is our problem now. How do we take more of an advocacy role? So what we're trying to do is actually set the scene give a platform for a sector-wide dialogue on this very important topic, and it's aimed at introspection and solutions. This dialogue will include industry, civil society, and government. Just to give you a lay of the land, in terms of government, following the GBV summit last year, where a thousand women took to the street under the total, total shutdown hashtag saying we've had enough, the presidency itself has responded because one of the concrete outcomes that came up is that actually media has quite a big role to play in terms of the discourse. How do we talk about these things? So luckily for us, we have GCIS on board, the Department of Arts and Culture, all through the strong backing of the presidency itself that has established an interim steering committee addressing just this. Then on the side of civil society, Soul City, Sanke Justice, now why do we need them? The thing is we all as media talk about these statistics, right? Nice and flashy, if it bleeds, it leads. But they're the ones who deal with the everyday survivors, right? And they're the ones who can tell us, look, is using the word alleged really, really helpful? Because if you look at it on the ground, the justice system is incredibly unfair. A burden of proof that says beyond a reasonable doubt. Is that really fair when you look at intimate violence? What does it mean in the time of the Me Too movement? Do we simply believe her? Do we report on believing her? These are the kinds of questions that we want to be asking in this dialogue that will center around the challenges, best practice, solutions. And we are creating the platform for everyone to kind of introspect. Where are we? Where are we going? Now, we have also been consulting with an advisory group because the third and most important stakeholder is all of you 
and industry at large. And we've decided that we as United Nations and GIZ can't come in and say, do this, do that, do that. No, 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 no. This is where we get the stakeholders and for you to tell us, look, here's what's possible. Right now on an advisory group, again, I can't name all the players, but you're looking at multi-choice, you're looking at the SABC, you're looking at SWIFT, which is sisters working in film and television, which span a variety of production houses, as well as media broadcasters across television. The conversation, however, as I said, is still open. And I'm here to make sure that radio steps up, because radio is the most powerful medium on our continent. Through this sector-wide dialogue, right, on the topics that I've been throwing out sporadically, the aim is for everyone to come together, discuss together, and think, what is the national pledge that we can put together, that we can step it up and sign for. Now, I know the first time I heard pledge, it was like, what are we, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, and are we all going to get a button badge? Not in that way. This is more a set of norms and standards, a code of conduct. And because at our conference taking place on the 29th and 30th of August, we will talk about that, we're not going to prescribe but media can come to us and say, here's what we're willing to commit to. We're willing to commit, for instance, to making sure that there is a distinct specialized unit in every media house that deals with sexual harassment, which we know is rife. We are willing, for instance, to say that there will be legal backing for those who go with the idea of I believe her, those who decide to first go to the survivor, as in the case with Danny Jordan, but 702 got into quite a lot of trouble for that. And so the process in a nutshell, we start with research, right? Where we, we've got to know where we are before we know where we're going. And I'll be talking about the research that we have a little bit later on. Then we're in the process of doing focus groups, workshops, and consultations. I'll be consulting with community radio stations soon, more private players, so that we can start identifying what are these issues. Okay, what are the questions we need to ask at the conference? And the idea is then to go into this conference, 29th, 30th of August. I'm going to be plugging it shamelessly throughout my talk. Um, um, where, of course, we're going to invite all of you. And the idea then is to come into this pledge. Again, think of the pledge as a set of norms and standards and a commitment. So... Now into the research. What are we working with? I'm going to start with the overview of Southern Africa because our project is both here in South Africa, Lesotho and Zambia. Women's sources are only 20% of everything you hear. So it means women aren't really representative as information givers, as experts. Women are more likely to be seen than heard. I think every single woman in the room has experienced that one. GBV, now this one is really alarming, right? GBV accounts for 1% of the news regionally. In this crisis, only 1% of the news focus. So we're focusing on everything else, you know? Everything else, the politics, the this and that, not minding that the politicians might go home and use their wives as a punching bag. 70% of female colleagues do not feel safe going to work on set. Now, this is specifically research from sisters working in film and television. The Me Too movement have shown you that film and television, they're in that corner, you know, in terms of getting jobs for sex, 
in terms of sexual harassment, and inequality and violence persists. Let's take a closer look at television. Now, we're going into television because this is the research we commissioned, but please bear in mind that the next research that we want to commission is going to look into radio. So when we're having those consultations, we're looking for a specific question, tuning into gender when it comes to radio. So Gender Links did research into gender diversity and GBV in South African television. Poor souls, they had to look at 600 hours of programming that spanned television news, entertainment, and children's programming. The period was between November to the end of January. So we were looking during 16 days of activism and the festive season and post-festive season. This was a deliberate choice as were Oh, sorry, just to go up top, in terms of which television news, entertainment, and children's programming, obviously I can't go into each one, but we selected them by the most watched. So it was Soapies from Skim Sam, Television News, and the SABC, as well as ETV. Now, the reason why we looked at this time frame is we all know, eh? August, woo, women, women. 16 days of activism, women, women, throughout the year, silence as if we're not being raped and killed 365 and a half days of the year. And the idea was to look at specifically at festive season because you tend to see reporting going down while we know in festive season violence goes where? Quite up. We also were looking at whose voices and whose views are heard on what topic. We were also looking at the content creators, right? Who makes up the backside, who is the one behind the scenes making the decisions. We were looking, in terms of gender-based violence, what is covered and how is it covered? And then this is just to show you in terms of the more qualitative research, right, where we're looking at harmful gender stereotypes, we had different classification. Is this particular program gender aware? Is this particular program gender blind? Would you say this is a subtle stereotype or a blatant stereotype. Here are our findings. Women are still missing voices in the news. Overall, women constitute 39% of TV news sources. That means domestically as South Africa, we're doing better than the SADC region, but we're still not doing very great. Keep in mind in the back of your head, we're the majority, yeah? We're sitting at about 52, 54% of the population and we're only talking 39% of the time. Women's views and voices are scarce in mainstream topics. Now this particular point speaks to the fact that you don't get women talking on politics, on sports, on the so-called hard news topics. I'm gonna give you a time. Tell me off the top of your head, who's a big political commentator that you know? Run through the names and tell me how many are female. Yep, but when it comes to gender equality, when it comes to so-called softer topics, HIV, GBV, how many are speaking? There we go. So it means what we're saying, women can't run politics, women don't know their maths, they can't run economics, you know, they don't know their sports. Older women disappear, especially in the news. This one was an alarming figure, right? So we're looking at women between the age of 35 to 50, are just 36%, and then suddenly women over the age of 50 are just 16%. So unless you're Meryl Streep, no one wants to listen to you. 
after you get old. And what does that say? It's part of the we want to be seen but not heard. How many male dinosaurs do you know on radio? The men never tend to disappear, but the women do. Men dominate content decision-making. So on the level of the ones actually doing the work, right? 77% of the producer level is women. So doing the work, who is making the decisions? 15% of the directors in entertainment. So while we're doing the work, people are deciding what work we're going to be doing as women. There's very little focus on prevention. Now, this is particularly an alarming statistics for us as a, a, a program that looks specifically at preventing GBV rather than reacting to it. The breakdown of the topic categories show that prevention constitutes 5% of the GBV coverage in the news and 29% in children's programming. So none of us are focusing on how to prevent the problem, we're just focusing on how to deal with it once it's happened. Again, stories on where to get support are still sparse. Except in children's programming, only 16% of TV news stories focus on where you can get help for GBV. Think about it, when you're looking at a story about Babes or Duma, when you're looking at all the big stories that have come out with Danny Jordan, I mean, would it really take much of an effort to say at the end, if you are facing a similar situation, go here, here, here? How many times have you heard that? How many times have you had like interviews with sessions of, this is where you can go to help, or this is how I helped, or even more importantly, how did a perpetrator get over this, you know? It would be great, because obviously if one in four women are getting raped, there's a whole lot of rapists going around. You could also focus on rapists themselves, talking on how they dealt with their temper issues, how they dealt with who they are and how they are and how they relate to women. Now the last point is qualitative, so I couldn't really get into the numbers, but generally in terms of the categories I spoke of before, gender blind, gender aware, there's still strong elements of gender stereotyping, especially in entertainment. Right, so we've seen the television landscape. We have an idea of the problem. We have an idea of where we could play a role. Now, I kind of sped through this because I really want this to be a dialogue. We're here to facilitate this dialogue. So what's happening in your radio stations? What's happening in terms of what you hear? What can radio do to help in the prevention of GBV and harmful radio stereotypes? I'm throwing to you here. So in no particular order, feel free not just to give me your insights or questions, you know, about the presentation, but also tell me what's your experience. And males in the room, don't feel attacked and keep quiet. Tell me what's your experience as well. For instance, yesterday, I was at the influential women's breakfast and um, a pretty influential woman that I will keep anonymous said that as she was going up in her career, she knew that she couldn't go to boardrooms without a male counterpart or she wouldn't be taken seriously. You see? Yeah. So in no particular order, let's go. But I'll throw it back to you to help facilitate that. Thank you. Well, not only was your presentation informative, but I think it was also quite chilling. 
Um, so I'm going to open up for a discussion, but I do encourage you to please come to the mic because this is recorded. So if you do have a question, just please come up so that we can hear it nice and clearly through the mic. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. My name is Tepo. I'm a reporter at VAWFM and also a student at VATS Education Campus. I'll speak about my experience as a student before I'm going to speak about my experience as a reporter at VAWFM. What we're doing at VATS uh, School of Education as male students. There's this uh, a program called a Rich, Richer Sister Campaign, which, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what's happening. Uh, uh, what are we doing as male students? Uh, we can uh, support our female, uh, uh, let me say our sisters, whereby we support them in terms of the campaign as a whole. What we're doing is that in that campaign, a richer sister campaign is that they're helping female students with sanitary towels. So us, as male students, we help them to get something like sponsors. Also, when we have enough we go out there, we buy those sanitary towels. In a way, we're showing that, that the whole month that they go through that, it's, we kind of help them as well to go through that by being supportive. I, I don't know, is it enough? But for me, it's very enough because we see human beings in them before we see female students. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then, as a reporter at VAWFM, sorry, what I can say I've uh, realized is that since I started in March, from my own experience, is that, as I said, I see a human being before I'm going to see a female colleague. And then in that case, pardon? Okay, sorry. I'm going to give back uh, to... <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, oh, oh, you know, thank you for that comment, but whenever I have these talks, it's always the men that speak first. <laughs> hey? Um, Look, in, in, in terms of the sanitary pad um, kind of initiative, I know that really well. It's a big initiative. It's way too late. Sanitary towels should be free. They take away from school learning. I think it's well documented. Um, I would be very cautious of using the words our sisters. Um, it, it connotates an ownership pattern there. So it's best to just refer to them as female students with love and care. Um, but otherwise, thanks for those initiatives. I would say it would be great for us to narrow down more on the media um, rather than the, 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 the initiatives around GBV because that's quite a slippery wide scope. Uh, good morning to everyone. Um, so in answering, okay, the question was where can radio help in preventing, um, preventing GBV and harmful stereotypes? So 
not necessarily a solution, but sharing a story that I think should be spread, is that, okay, so I live in Soweto. I'm not sure if anyone has to take a taxi to Bree here, but the moment you leave Brom, or better yet, the moment you walk out of campus, I'm lying, while you're still in campus, while you're still heading to your classes, there's someone following you. There's someone that's always continuously, hey girl, and you're just like, no, okay. At first it gets super weird, you're like, okay, leave me alone. So one thing that continuously happens, and I hope like radio stations, we listen to radio on campus, we listen to it almost every day of every minute, but there's never a conversation on sexual harassment. It's the smallest of things. You walk in town and there's a guy grabbing you. I get grabbed every single day, and you become desensitized to it because you see it happen to another person in front of you. You can't do anything. It's feeling helpless, knowing that you can do something, but you can't. Because the moment I step in and say, don't do that, I get attacked. Now, if I'm going to get attacked and fellow men are walking past me and they're just like, I'm shy, I'm fine, what happens? How does that end up treating the person behind me? You know? So media and us in this room, I think that we could help in... I mean, okay, women are empowered. We know these things. It's the men that I think just need to do something. You know, if something's going to happen, you need to call your guy friend or whoever it is, friend or not, and pull them back and be like, that's not right. You know, because now feeling helpless and defenseless in a bigger society is not a good feeling. And within media, we need to be able to downplay that. You know, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen within media spaces or within campuses. So, yeah, that's my two cents. I can respond to, yeah. I'll respond to three. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Noms. I am a sound engineer by profession. I studied sound engineering. Um, why, I, I would like to share an experience, basically, from the time where I've been studying. So I grew up, I have an older brother. He was a very sporty person. So he's always seen me as a younger brother as opposed to a younger sister, because he wanted me to be tough. I never understood that until I actually grew up. So I studied sound engineering. I was the only female in the class for the entire three years. Every time there'll be an assignment or there's a certain something that we have to do, it's always a question of, can you, are you sure? It's like, but I chose to study this. Why are you doubting that I am capable to do this? Mathematics wise, you know females are engaged, are we going to fail? Why would you think the group is going to fail because I'm the female? So it's, it's like I'll be tossed around in the class because everyone is skeptical that, oh, we have a female in the group, ah, this is not going to work out. We have to build a cable tester, which is scientific. So you bring in um, um, science into it. It's a matter of, aish. You know, that was in college. I started working. So I started working by the time I was studying. Um, one particular company, I can't mention because they're here. Um, I, I, did, <laughs> I did freelance work for them. Uh, it's a live sound company. I did freelance work for them. Obviously, I, I love what I'm doing. I chose to study this. Certain things, my height and size, guys, you can see. I can't carry a speaker up, you know? So obviously, it will come to a point where... Uh, males will have to do it. But it got to a point where it will be a conversation of, we're helping you put up the speakers, what are you going to give us in return? I quit. I quit. I, I, I left the job. As much as, as, 
as hectic, I would connect everything, make sure it sounds nah. But because of that behavior, I'll be the only female. So I've had an issue that as a sound engineer, everywhere that I go, I'll always be told, oh, you're the first sound engineer we have X, Y, and Z. Cool, shop, amazing. Um, one of the props of me, actually, they want to see what can you do. It's not a matter of, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's really something you can be proud of. It's like, oh, so she thinks she's a sound engineer. Let's see. You know, it's, it's, so I've always had to deal with that. And it got to a point where, personally, it built a character of not, I won't say ruthless, but to be hardcore. So when you see me outside and when you see me in the boardroom, when you see me in studio, I'm a completely different person because I'm, I, I've, I've, I've been forced to, 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 to have that, that, that boldness in me. I don't need you to ask me. Don't question my work. It's either you like it or you don't. So it comes, now it's, now it's shock and horror because it's like, eesh, how, why is she being hardcore? No, I'm not being hardcore because if I'm nice and smile, you're not going to take me seriously. So it is a problem for, especially if you're a woman in a male-dominated industry, you have to build that backbone. And it shouldn't be like that. But it is what it is because it's like, what do you know? Okay, I'll show you what I know. I, I won't even give you that opportunity to ask. I'll just show you. Yeah, that's me. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, um, my name is Leila. I'm the station manager at CUTFM. I am one of only two female uh, radio station managers in our province, community radio. And I like what you were saying about sound engineering. I started my business and events doing sound, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I would literally lift up a speaker up the stairs and guys would just walk past me. And I was like, it's fine. And then I'll just go on. So I, I understand. I, I, I understand. One of the ways in which I dealt with it, I learned not to give a damn because I felt if I gave a damn, I was giving them more power. So I taught myself not to really give a damn. Uh, to answer your question, what we're doing as a radio station in Bloemfontein, we have a show called Girl Talk where we basically discuss issues about women and basically everything that they go through. And once in a while, we also have guys in studio also to talk about their experiences and what they go through and how they treat women and how they perceive women. Just last year, we also had the whole month of August, we did outside broadcasts at schools talking just to girls. But what we did at the same time, while we were live on air, talking to girls, broadcasting. In another room, there was a gentleman also talking to the boys, not necessarily also neglecting them. So those are some of the programs and stuff that we always do. Did I leave anything else? Because he's my program manager, <laughs> and yeah, and he's very proactive um, for gender-based violence, women's issues, um, health, HIV, AIDS. He's very, very proactive. I'm very proud of that guy. Right now, we are also in discussion with a children's radio foundation to also run programs to also for children awareness and so on. So I love that guy over there, giving him props. He does a great job and basically that's our contribution to basically the question that uh, Koli uh, basically asked. Yes, thank you. I'll do some quick thank you guys so much for all the points. Um, first, to your point about sexual harassment um, on campus. It's an age-old thing. 
um, unfortunately, and it's become incredibly normalized. So I think the intervention that you spoke about, about first content, right, creating that platform on radio to speak about it. But just as another tip, because you wanted that, that's one of my oldest students there when I used to be at Wits Radio Academy. Another idea that you could do is that there's this movement called Are You Ocasis? in the US. And basically what it does is that there's this silent agreement that you try and promote towards women when walking in the streets. And if you see that another woman who's walking alone is being kind of harassed, the code word is, are you a casus? And then you pretend to be friends so that you create a bigger group. So if you use radio in that medium to start promoting, not only on radio, but on social media, you know, things like that, like, okay, as VIT students, as VIT, as, as, as women and non-gender conforming bodies here at VITS, how can we help each other out when walking to Brie? Can we walk in groups? If I say a code word, would you know, even if you don't know me, that I need your support in this way? So perhaps um, that's an intervention, but I think that's a very common and good point. Sound engineering, sound engineering, sound engineering. I mean... Remember when I was talking in the presentation about certain things, economics or politics or things that are perceived to be done by only males? Sound engineering is one of those hands down, right? It's the same as the female sports commentator, right? She's, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Now, what I would want to throw back to you as a question, and I'd like to throw this back to Leila, is that here we're looking for best practice or solutions. When you think of little you in that class, when you think of big you in um, the different kind of stations, what would you have needed? What would you have needed? Would you have needed the males in your class to go through gender sensitivity training, or would that make you feel like more of a victim? Would you have needed different kind of support from your lecturers? What are the kind of interventions when you look at little you that you hope those who come after you would have had? Well, if I, um, if I take myself back there and think of what could have helped better, first of all is not to be seen as fragile and weak. Ask me, why did you want to do this? The support from lecturers, of course. Because if I believe that support needs to come from high up, and then it needs to be leveled when you come. So a group of class, you only have one female in the class. OK, as a female, but don't out me as a person that you're trying to show that um, I don't know what I'm doing, or I didn't think this through. But help me prove a point that I know what I'm doing. And I'm just as equal enough to think. I have enough capacity to think and to do this and to do that the same way that you would. Don't out me because you look at, you look at my size and you look at how short I am. Or even now in the workplace, because I've worked in numerous places. Um, I've been in TV, I've, I've been in radio, I've been in live sound. So I've done all of them. But the behavior from then in school, it's still the same. It's just that now it's more mature. It's not, it's not like they would just say and be like, oh, yeah, really, this one. Now it's like, um, 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 are you sure? Are you sure you can handle this? Do you need a fist fight right now? Do you want us to take it outside? <laughs> but um, um, uh, it, it, now it's much more mature. It still happens even now where I'll get my peers and they'll be like, um, if, 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 if you're not sure, if you, if you 
don't ask me in a sense of can you handle it i may need help but if i do i will let you know i haven't asked you as yet so don't treat me like i am still incapable or it's gonna lack the same it won't have the same um you know same density if i may put it it's it it, it, it even even the way that i dress I'm dressed down a bit today. I wear my heels, I put on my makeup, and I walk in studio. Hey, well, are you sure you're a sound engineer? Even from voice artists sometimes, I get it. They'll walk in and be like, um, here's the script, when you're ready, you can walk into the booth. Oh, you're the engineer. Yes, I am the engineer. Why would you think I'm not? So yeah, I, I, I think the support, especially sister-sister support, yes. Male support is more important because with them, if they, they make or break my emotional being. If you're gonna think that I can't make it and then I become ruthless in a way, now it's making me seem as if I, I don't know how to put this, like I'm overstepping, of which I'm not overstepping. I just want us to be on the same level. That's all I want. Thank you. So I think the, 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 the support from, from, from higher level is definitely um, noted. I think it's an in intervention that's definitely needed because I think those with structural power need to use it in a particular way to make the environment more enabling. And also I'm sure if you had a lecturer who called out the boy's behavior within class, that would have made quite a big difference. Are there any more questions, comments? Yeah, we have to wrap up. One thing that I want to ask you guys now, and you can do me by a show of hands, right? If right now you got a call as a journalist or a call in your studio, and the woman said, um, Cyril Ramaphosa sexually assaulted me, who would run with the story? Uh, be honest. Okay. For those who wouldn't, think about why you wouldn't. Another consideration for you is, and just show me by your numbers, if you think of breakfast and drive hosts, right? They're the, we know, they're the flagship shows. How many, off the top of your head, thinking of every single station you know, female breakfast hosts do you know? Who's the one? <laughs> right? Okay, let's go on to drive now. If you think of drive hosts, um, Tommy, how many? And, and I'm not talking the side, like the fluff girl, right? I'm not talking the male and then he has the extra girl who, you know, says something every now and again, kind of like Charlemagne the God and Anjali and that kind of thing. But I'm saying a woman who drives the show herself. Show of hands. Who's the other one? I know it's 702, and who's the other one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. Please feel free to come to me or my colleague Max over there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Juliana just pointed at him. Um, if you have any questions, if you want to get involved in our project, if you want to support us in any way, this is honestly an open dialogue. It's your dialogue. If you want your community radio station to be involved in our workshops, if you want your particular station to be involved, if you're thinking of gender sensitivity training, if you just want to give me a soundbite, if you just want to give me your number and your email address so I keep you on loop of what you're doing. Thank you, guys.